0: Hello, and welcome to The Catholic Duluth Show. The Catholic Duluth Show is a parish community podcast serving the parishes of St. Lawrence and Holy Family in Duluth, Minnesota. Thank you all for joining us today. My name is Daniel Rhoda. I will be your host. And with me, I have Father Ryan Moravitz. How are you doing today, Father? Good. How are you, Dan? I'm doing well. I'm doing doing well. well. We were were just talking puppies. Are you going to get your puppy soon? Uh, We were, and hopefully I am. So uh, I need to call the lady. Uh, I've been meaning to call the lady for like a week now, but um but yeah so hopefully this weekend um but we'll see i i i i I have last pick so i think i have to wait on everyone else to a certain extent or at least for them to like pick one yeah probably i i don't totally know so hopefully but hopefully i'm i'm planning to pick her up on saturday because i'm i've told i'm getting a girl which is exciting um all the
1: males are taken how many males were there in the litter uh, there's there only a, two, there's, right? There's or only three. I think three. three.
0: I think there's only three. Three there's, out of the eight. Yeah, three out of eight. So, um, so yeah, I think I'm getting a girl. Which I, I had a a girl pup growing up. So, they tend to not take off as much.
1: Yeah, which is tend to. Yeah, we'll see though. we like my dog. He's male, and he's he's full of male. Like he's he's well, because he's the dad of these. He's, he's the daddy of the, pu- this puppy you're getting. Yeah. So he takes off every once in a while. uh boys will be boys right boys will be boys i guess yep <laughs> <laughs> oh boy <laughs> no it's exciting I, you know we've got some other friends uh that uh have helped me out with a lot of different things and helped with cutter through the years and stuff like that so they got first pick so i know i you was know, showing you some pictures like they, they, yeah. they picked them up this past weekend and they had pictures of the whole litter so the, all those puppies look great yeah yeah they're i don't they're think, great, I, don't think there, I don't think there's a bad puppy in that batch i mean mm-hmm. they all look really strong healthy good looking dogs yeah
0: yeah and like you know I think we talked about I went and l- saw them uh, probably you know, a couple weeks ago uh, over Memorial Day and yeah yeah they were they're all just great that they all look great so so yeah I'm excited and hopefully we'll have a little puppy running around a little bit we'll have to do a little show and
1: tell show and tell
0: with the puppy eh <laughs> we could do that we could do that
1: that would be good
0: um well hey, do you want to open us with a
1: prayer yeah let's pray in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit amen Father God, we come before you today in the midst of a changing world, in the midst of just everything going on in the world and in our lives, and we we come before you as God, as as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and Lord, help us to see your working uh, in our lives and in our world, in the church, and also just help us to see who you truly are. Um, reveal to us, Lord, of the fullness of uh, your revelation, and that we might know you and love you and receive all the good, goodness that you desire to to pour upon us. Lord Jesus, you who suffered and died and rose from the dead, ascended into heaven and, and sent us the Holy Spirit, we praise and glorify you as God. And we thank you for your great love and your great mercy, for your compassion, for your help. Lord, um, be close to us in our conversation and our time here. We just give you permission to direct our hearts and minds. Holy Spirit, come and fill the hearts of your faithful. Bless all those who are listening and just ask for your blessing upon them and their, their lives, and their families, their homes, their situations. And just ask that you bless them completely. And uh, Mary, our mother, we turn to you, who are always from the presence of God. And we just ask that you intercede and pray for us. Um, you who are able to untie knots in our lives, we just ask for your your intercession and prayers for all those listening. We pray all of this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
0: Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father. Um, well,
1: uh, is there anything going on this week? Well, you know, this last weekend we opened um we opened up masses, you know, so it's our first weekend masses. We had four masses, and the Saturday evening ones we had about twenty or so people at each, and then the Sunday mornings each had about fifty. Okay, which um you know, in talking to the other priests throughout the diocese who opened up the weekend prior, that was about what most of them had. So it was small crowds that first weekend, but it sounded like most of them about doubled in the second weekend, where people got, you know, they came back for the second weekend rather than the first, and so um. So, yeah, I think things went well overall. You know, people seem to feel safe and comfortable, and our protocols, you know, seem to go smooth. I really only got, you know, usually get comments just in terms of, like, how we can improve, and, you know, to this point, really just only got one very, very minor, simple little thing to to tweak, and the person was right on, and, you know, I was like, yeah, that's that's a good little tweak. You know, so that, yeah, so, you know, we're... Things went pretty smooth this weekend, which is really great, so... I think that's the biggest thing going on right now. You know, it's kind of summer mode and so, and it's, it's COVID summer. So, yeah, you know, there's like not a whole lot happening, you know, um, we're just trying to get back to mass, you know, and I think we just continue kind of easing into that. And yeah,
0: Yeah, I was, I was out of town this weekend. Um, and so, uh, I was home in Brainerd and so we went to the mass, uh, like, uh, the mass there. And yeah, it was, it was, it was kind of, it was just kind of weird, yeah. you know? I mean, it's, it's good. It was, it was great to go back to Mass, but it was, was, it was like, you know, I'm, I'm great. I'm grateful that we're able to come back, but I don't like this. Yeah. It's <laughs>
1: definitely awkward and odd and it's not, yeah. you just, you wish you could just come back, you yeah. know? Yeah. But, but there's all um, these, these weird things, it seems like, right? Yeah.
0: But, but, you know, it's something that was like, you know, but Hey, we're, we're able to, you know come back to Mass, which which is great. So, um, you know, I guess we'll take what we can get right now. Yeah, so.
1: that's that's been, that was kind of what I told everybody this weekend. I said, no, this feels awkward and stuff, but people have done much more sacrificing to receive the Eucharist through the history, yeah. you know. Um, we can make these little sacrifices. Absolutely. Just for the well-being and, and safety of others. Um, you know, they're simple things, but, and they, yeah, they're weird or they're awkward to us, but, you know, we we'll kind of get used to them, but not too used to them. And, yep. You know, eventually get back to some normalcy in the liturgy. But. Yeah. but it was good. It was just good to have people back. It was kind of funny because you look at the priest. I'm looking out, and a lot of people have worn masks. So, uh, you know, you see kind of like half faces. You just see eyes, and you can't tell if people are smiling or scowling. You're trying to read their eyes. <laughs> yeah. it's weird. I was with Father Joel Hastings last night at a Mater Day teacher gathering. And he was, he was saying, everybody seemed like angry or grumpy kind of, you know. And I was like, I kind of got that sense too because you can't see like if people are smiling at you or yeah. not or what, what, what you know. like It's amazing how much you rely on facial features yeah, yeah. to kind of feel the crowd out, if you will. so And yeah, so, you know, we had, and one of the things I noticed is we had a lot of people who came in with masks on, which was really respectful because you're more likely to like be around people. And then once mass started, and they kind of got a sense of who was around them, some people, you know, were taking their masks off for during mass. And then when they got up for communion, I thought it, I just thought it was really respectful when they got up to go to communion they put their masks back on because they knew they were going to be close to people. Yeah. Because we had so few people that really that we were pretty spread out. Yeah. You know, so I thought that, that was that was a that was a prudent, you know, move. Um, I think it's probably definitely more comfortable not having the mask on, just in terms of breathing itself. But they were also just very respectful of, you know, um, and even saw people who just recognized, well, there's somebody that's, you know, that still is keeping their mask on that's maybe a little bit closer to them. So they they kept masks on, some people did. But it was just neat to see how respectful and reverent people were in the midst of it all, you know. Um, Yeah. With the whole mask thing and, and even communion. And it was really good. So Yeah. Great. So, yeah, that's that's kind of what's going on here. We're supposed to get a lot of rain this week. I'm a little... Yeah. Sounds like it's, like, typhoon. Somebody was telling me last night it's going to be, like, typhoon-type rain.
0: Yeah. Uh, this, well, last, uh, like, the weekend was, was pr- pretty nice and got k- kind of hot at times. <laughs> it's just, like, you know, a hot, how much more farther North do I have to move, you know, to, <laughs> to just get <laughs> like, some
1: cooler weather?
0: And so, uh, but when I on Sunday, yeah, when I was I was home and it was like uh, mid eighties, and I came came back up here and it was like mid sixties, and I was like, oh, th- this is right, <laughs> this is right. Even just it's crazy, just like you know, two hours
1: northeast, and it's well, some, I mean,
0: the, the the lake helps, but well,
1: sometimes even here, there's a twenty degree difference between Saint Lawrence and Holy Family. Yeah, yeah. You yep. know, you're up just a little bit, and it's hot up here. You go down just a little bit closer to the lake, and it's it's cold, you know? Yeah. Or the wind shifts. I remember what, one year, within like 15 minutes, up on top of the hill, like in Hermantown and stuff, it was like a 40 or 50-degree swing because the wind suddenly shifted and came up off the lake, and that cold air just got blown up over the hill. People were in shorts, like in 80 degrees, and suddenly it was like 50 or 40 degrees or something like yeah. that. So, yeah. Anyways, the weather, the weather, yeah. always a good topic. <laughs> Absolutely, for <laughs> for us Midwesterners.
0: Um, well, we can uh, you know, let's let's jump into uh, today's episode. And today we're talking about the Trinity. So, uh, this last uh, this last weekend on Sunday, it was uh, the feast of er- solemnity. Of,
1: of, of the whole, uh, it's uh, Holy Trinity Sunday. Holy Trinity. So every, so every Sunday is a solemnity. I guess, yeah. And there's a designated day when, you, you know, so the Sunday after Pentecost is Holy Trinity Sunday. Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. So uh, kind of just the, the special, the, the the day of the year that the church gives us to kind of really re- remember and uh, think about the Trinity. So that's what we're going to do today. Yeah. A couple days late, but we're going to talk about the Trinity.
1: That's yeah. good, though. You know, we, we, yeah. we led up to Pentecost and, you know, you get through with the whole... Jesus story and then the Holy Spirit story and then it's all been revealed. So now guess how we know God? Yeah. We know him as the Holy Trinity. So
0: Yeah, and uh, I think um I mean we'll kind of dive into it but I think just one cool thing about the Trinity that I, you don't really think about, at least I don't really think about, but you know every time that we walk into church, obviously right now we don't have uh the the holy water founts but um but we bless ourselves in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. You know, and we Um, and so it's just, it's just kind of cool. That's like, you know, every time that we, I mean, pray really, you know, anytime that we pray as Catholics, we kind of just address the Trinity, like straight enough.
1: And we, you know, so, um, so I guess, I don't know, do you want to talk a little bit about that and what kind of dive into? Yeah. Because, you know, when you say that too, it's another way to think about it is, yeah, every time we go into prayer, we say, I'm praying in the name of God. Yeah. For we believe that God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So we, you know, I, we pray in the name of God. And so we, that's where we're in the name of the Father and of the Son of the Holy Spirit. Essentially, we're saying we're praying in the name of the triune God, who is one but three persons. And so, um, yeah, it's a, it's a Trinitarian theology and the understanding of the Trinity. Everything, everything we understand, and it's so vital to our theological understanding of everything we do um, and everything that we are as Catholics. Um, really does surround the Trinity and the theology of the Trinity in so many different ways. Uh, the Trinity is everywhere when you start recognizing it or looking for it. So yeah,
0: and uh, um, especially for for this episode, Father brought out his old. Uh, I Did. What uh, what what do you call just
1: a Trinitarian studies book or? Yeah, so we had a you know we had a full semester course on the Trinity, but really, essentially, everything you're studying is is the Trinity in some ways. But yeah, we had a course on the Trinity. And then also I, I brought my... um. So at the end of your third year, you have like a, a seminar, a, a synthesis seminar. Uh, it actually lasts the whole year. So it's fall semester and spring semester. And it's really... It was two sem- more semesters of just lots of reading and discussing on the mystery of the Trinity. Um, so the course itself was called the Mystery of the Trinity and the Catholic Theological Synthesis. And then first year you do have... Trinity, which is just a semester on Trinity. So I did bring out some of the old books mm-hmm. um, to it, kind of like look at it and talk about some ways in which we were able to talk about the Trinity because it's this great mystery. Like there's there's no way to really fully explain it. Yeah. But there's some intelligible ways in which we can talk about, well, how do we know and what, what are we able to say? So
0: yeah. Um, so I think um, starting off, maybe let's talk about um, just. The Trinity and the idea of the Trinity. Yeah. Because, um, so, you know, what we believe uh, with the Trinity, and, I mean, this is pretty much universally Christian, right, is that um, it's, you know, three persons and
1: one God. Right, three divine persons yeah. with one divine nature.
0: Yeah, so do you want to
1: kind of dive into that a little bit? Yeah, uh, let's step back to say, like, two like, how do, we understand, how do we know that, right? So we, we believe it's three divine persons. So they're... We talk about God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. It's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. So they're all God, yep. right? But they share in one nature, the divine nature, right? And so uh, that's where it gets very mysterious. And like, well, how can we say that? And how do we know that? Yeah. Or where does this come from? So how can we speak of that? So one of the things in more modern um, terms theologically that we, we tend to that sometimes we talk about it in in this way is to make a distinction in terms of how we're talking about the Trinity and the reality that it's still one and the same but it's distinguishing like kind of the knowing process and then the actual knowledge. So the way that we know is through what we would call the economic Trinity. So that's one of the, the, the phrases that it's used in some more modern theological discussion to talk about the economy of, this, of the Trinity. So that's the action, really, of Jesus Christ, particularly in the New Testament, right, the Gospels, that it's because Christ comes into the world, right, and certainly the creation of the world and all that is part of this, like this economy of God's action and work, right? Yeah. Um, but then Christ comes, right, and he, he speaks about it, and he, and he shows it in different ways. So it's what he says and he does. Like it's the whole show and tell. At some of the masses this past weekend I talked about like God does show and tell for us. Essentially he's revealing himself. So we talk about the action of the Trinity as the Trinity is self-revealing. We call that the economic Trinity. So the Trinity is acting towards humanity and with humanity and in the world and, and revealing this truth to us. So like investing it in us and giving it to us. <laughs> and like There's an exchange going on, yeah? And after Christ ascends, too, you have the Holy Spirit that comes down, right? And then starts to act in the apostles and in the church and in the world. So there's this, there's this investment, if you will. There's this economy that starts to happen. So we can understand the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit by their action, right? They're working toward, toward creation and towards humanity. So we understand God and his works is essentially what that is, okay? That's our starting point because we know about God as Father, Son and Holy Spirit only because of the work of Jesus and the words of Jesus. So Jesus is the one that comes and reveals the fullness of this revelation of who God is through what he says and what he does. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, because so, like, there's
0: like there's not really anyone who like there's some things you just you just know. And, you know, no one just knows, like, oh, yeah, there's, you know, one God, but three divine natures. Yeah, like, that that makes sense, right? Yeah. Like that, that's not, like, a natural... That's
1: right. And, like, scriptures say, no one has seen God, right? Jesus yeah. says, no one has seen the Father except me, and wh- but whoever sees me sees the Father, right? So, this yeah. is where, like, this whole idea of Trinity, and it's one of the reasons that he's killed, is because they're, they're like, that's blasphemy, like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Um, but it's Jesus revealing the very nature of God. So we learn through our senses and these experiences. And so as Jesus does this, we, we see the action of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit and the interaction between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so there's, that's how we start to talk about our knowledge of God is that we know his works and we know his words primarily because of Jesus Christ. From that, then, we can start to sp- talk about God as God. Like, uh, like God not even creating or acting, just God inside of God, if you will. and that God is eternally, right? So no beginning, no end, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. So from this this economy that's been given to us and that we experience, we then can go up to what we call the imminent Trinity or we call it just real theology because you're talking about God himself, if I can put it that way right? God as God. Now that's real theology because we're speaking of God as being. And that's when we get into the the conversation, too, of, well, what does that mean for us? Because we get, like, how how they kind of act with us, but then when we get into, like, well, how does God exist as God inside of God, you know, Um, God's very being, that's when we talk about, well, we believe that it's three divine persons with one divine nature, and they are a a communion of love that have shared in that relational ex- being, essence, from all eternity. Like Jesus always was, mm-hmm. but at some point yeah. he became incarnate, right? Yeah. So God the Son always won, because that's always been part of the one God, is this this God the Son, yeah? And so that's when it gets into mystery, and we just say, this is what we believe, based because we believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God, is the Messiah, and this is how he revealed it. And we've come to understand that through time um, in conversation and understanding the theological impl- implications of it all. So, you know, it's kind of funny to try to talk about it in one <laughs> little podcast, but that's that's some of the starting of thinking, like when we're making distinctions of how do we think about this conversation and how what are some ways that we can talk about it.
0: Yeah, and, you know, if you might have to, you know, pause, rewind another... 10 minutes and listen to that again (laughs) yeah like what what's this
1: economic theology eminent yeah
0: because i mean it it is it is to a certain extent simple but it's also extremely complex you know i guess it depends like how you look at it at times you know right um but uh but because there's something that just thinking about as you were talking that there's you know some moments i was like okay yep yep yeah like that makes sense and there's other times where i was like okay that makes sense but at the same time makes no No sense sense whatsoever. (laughs) whatsoever. Like, like I get it. And I think with, you know, through faith, I'm kind of able to be like, okay, yeah. Like I, I I get what you mean and that makes sense. But then there's other things where it's like, wait, what? Like, why, like, why would God even do, like, why would he do something that he knows I can't understand? Right. Right. And so, so maybe even just talking a little bit about like mystery, because it is like a mystery and, you know, kind of by definition, a mystery is something that we don't know. Mm -hmm.
1: And so, um, but we do know something. But yeah. So I mean, it's like it is. It's a, a mystery is something known, but not in its fullness. I would say. Yeah. Because you know that like, there's 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 something to it, and we have this fullness of revelation, but our grasping and understanding of it isn't full. Yeah. And <laughs> Which so makes it a sticking mystery. Yeah. It's, I think it was Augustine who said that um, trying to talk about the Trinity and explain the Trinity is like trying to dig a hole on the seashore. So have you ever gone, like, on the very shore of the ocean and tried to dig a hole?
0: I mean, not personally, but I've been okay, at, so at a, by, by a lake. At a beach, that, you know? Yeah. yeah.
1: Like, so you, you really can't dig a hole. You're just going to keep digging. Yeah. And it just keeps kind of, like, filling in or, like, you just keep, yeah. there's no, like, really digging a big hole on the seashore. It's just an endless task. Yeah. You'll never get to the bottom of it.
0: Fully. And I'm sure like every like every every question or even attempted answer to a question just brings forth more questions. It does. And I, I, I think that that's some of like the beauty of our faith, too, because God's not really saying, hey, know this and understand it. He's, you know, he wants us to know it and learn about it and further know him. But he's not saying like, oh, you need to completely understand all of this stuff. It's kind of he's kind of saying like, hey, no, like you like I want you to know. Who I am, but you're not gonna be able to understand it, and that's kind of where something like that faith come like like faith comes in, right? And there's
1: yeah, and I think you know, okay, I'm gonna th- try to think inside my head before I say this. This is difficult for me, people. Um, but I'm gonna have to just talk it out out loud. I can't do it. Um, isn't it so? As you say that, isn't it maybe a dynamic too of this reality that. Once we have mastery of something, we essentially own it or we have a possession of it, right? Sure, yeah. So okay. think about I, I guess my head goes to like think about a, a mechanic in a vehicle like on a you know, he's building a car and he you can master that car and know every little nut and bolt and every little thing that works and doesn't work and 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 have a full mastery of it and really like take ownership. Of like I own that because I know it and I can manipulate and control it easily yeah. and readily, right? So that's like possessing something, I think. Okay? Thinking mm-hmm. all out loud here. Yeah. Um, there's something of the mystery of the Trinity that does not allow us to own or possess or control God, because God is God. Um, and I think at times there have been people or we ourselves— try to have absolute knowledge or absolute control or absolute, you know, um, ownership of the fullness of the truth of God. And though we believe in the fullness of the truth, which is in the person of Jesus Christ, revealed through the person of Jesus Christ, so don't get me wrong, like, we believe that there's access to the fullness, right? The beauty of the mystery of the Trinity is that we still, we do not possess it or own it because it is mystery. And that God is so beyond... Um, simply who who we are, or even our our capability of fully understanding it. Even though we're given the fullness of the revelation that God is this communion of love, that we we can't fully grasp at the same time. Does that make sense? Does that does that? No, absolutely not. <laughs> no. Good, good. <laughs> See, that's I mean, what I need. I mean, <laughs> so yeah. challenge me on it. What's what doesn't make sense?
0: Uh, no, I mean it makes sense, but just the fact that it also like doesn't make sense you know so it's more of a joke but but uh, but yeah i I like how you said we're talking about like like we don't like once you know something you yeah you become you know a master of it you know even like the way that we talk about like education you get like you know a master's degree in something you are mastering this subject and you know yeah sure you can be like a master of theology but like but we can't we, we can never really get to the point where we can you know become like or hold god in our hand right yeah like we like we will just not be able to do that yep that is um that is like the extent of our power is we like that's one of thing we can't do yep you know and like we can't um completely grasp who god is in our in our head it's just
1: not what we can do you know god's ways are not our ways as right yep and yet you know because because this leads to the next kind of part of the discussion probably of this reality that but we do know something. Yeah. And there is a revelation of truth that we are able to grasp and understand, and we are able to say when something goes outside of that to say, "Wait a minute, that is not in line with the truth that we know." You know, so you know, in the history of the church, one of the early arguments was that Jesus is just a creature and he's not God. But the early church is going like, "Wait a minute, we understand Christ you know, Jesus Christ to have been the, the Son of God, and hence we have to speak of him as God. And yet he has a human nature too, so he's human as well. So there's this controversy of there are, there's a dynamic that we know and we hold to as the mystery of faith and those truths are the mystery of faith, and we can't step outside of those if we're to continue on in what we believe Jesus to be as the Son of God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was, that was yeah. Kind of looking at Danny's kind of like... Uh, mm, mm, uh. Yeah.
0: And and I, I think I think that this is like maybe a, a point to try to like simplify it back because... Because, yeah, I mean, obviously just us talking about it, like this gets complicated, but it doesn't always have to be so complicated. And so, you know, I think there's something that... Yeah, like we we kind of, it's something that like, we know what we know, but we also don't know what we don't know a little bit about it. And so, um, and I I think that one of the cool things about just uh, like our faith and these, these mysteries of our faith is that it's not like God just gives us all the answers or it's just like, you can't understand this. I'm not even going to tell you. He he's like, you're not going to completely understand this, but I'm going to give it to you anyways. It could because you're going to understand some of it and it's going to draw you like closer to me. Right. So he's able to, to, um, and he, he kind of throw, throws us some bones a little bit, you know, he gives us some like divine revelations or, you know, he'll, you know, and through sending Jesus too, like we're, we're able to kind of like you were saying, we, we know more about God because of what he did. Right. And so, and you kind of talked about that, but now let's, as we kind of wrap this up a little bit,
1: <laughs> <laughs> time? Okay. I mean, I, I mean, my timer,
0: we got some time. We got some time. We're we're. we're I'm not going to go as long as last week. <laughs> I, I was thinking. I was thinking about how when we started this, we're like, yeah, well, well let's try to not go over twenty minutes. And then I, I that maybe lasted like
1: st- two episodes. I think we even like initial conversation was like ten minutes, and then it was like, well, let's move it out to twenty. Last week we were like fifty minutes. <laughs> yeah, so that's going. I well. think we're just enjoying it. I don't know if everybody else out there is enjoying <laughs> it or not, but I think we just enjoy the conversation.
0: <laughs> uh, but so um kind of drawn into like how how do we or how did we as a church start to understand this and like how does how does that work because well, like you said earlier we know what we we know what we know of god so theology like what we know about god we know because of what he did so economy right yes. is that is that is like i'm just yep. trying to s- simplify it so what well, we say that again though So what we know about God, which is the theology, like what we know about God, we know because of what he did, Yes. which is so, so we know who he is because of his actions. Is that just like a really, really like bare bones? Yes. So, um, so, but then we were able to like take those actions and then even just our own experiences with God and, uh, and kind of draw that back to what we can know about God. Correct. Right. And so... So do you want to kind of talk to us about how the church and like the early church and kind of how you talked about even some of like the first arguments about that theology, like how we did that?
1: Yeah, so that's that's where we get the, the councils of the church start to take place, right? Yeah. And so this would be the important point of like, well, when we have these discussions about the Trinity, about who God is and God's actions, all these different things in catholicism right really from the get-go of christianity it's coming together in councils. so we don't just make a theological decision or movement on our own but it has to be done in line with everything that's come before and is 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 present right so what you had in the early church for instance there was a heresy um called arianism um by this this guy named arius and he was the one basically saying, like, well, Jesus isn't—he's a creature, right? And so they ended up calling a council in three twenty-five, the Council of Nicaea, and this is where they made some theological clarity, um, particularly within the creed, the Nicene Creed, to be able to um, clarify that no, God is consubstantial with the Father; that He and the Father are one, um, and so they're they're united perfectly. That the, He is God, right? So. Um. But what they did is so. I don't know how how much in the history you want me to get into this, but the reality is, is by three eleven, Constantine takes over the empire, legalizes Christianity, and right away we start to see a very public format of coming together to solve these problems. Because up to three twenty five, it was more done in a very private way. We don't ha- you don't have massive gatherings of like all the bishops and all, you know, the successors of the apostles coming together. You have more local councils. So, when Constantine takes over, that's when you start seeing ecumenical councils. So, you see councils of all those that are known to come together. We need to figure this out and talk about it. So, the first one is at Nicaea in 325, and that's where we get the Nicene Creed from. In the beginnings of it, at Constantinople, then they expound on the Nicene Creed because they start to add the Holy Spirit to it. I'm more on the Holy Spirit. So, for instance, um, let me see if I can pull it up here quick. So, at Nicaea in 325, you know, it does. We believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, etc., etc. Um, the very end of it, at the, the Creed of Nicaea, he suffered, and the third day rose again, ascended into heaven. From thence she shall come to judge the quick and the dead, and in the Holy Ghost. So they didn't say much on the Holy Ghost. But then they added this, and this was obviously taken out later, but they added what's called an anathema. So they, they basically condemned a certain type of teaching to correct the teaching. Um, and this is what you'll see through the history of the church is clear statements of creed and then clear statements of really condemnation of a heresy you know and we hear those words today and we kind of get this like those are like wicked words condemnation and heresy like we we almost don't want to use them like that's kind of mean, isn't it? Well no it's not it's to say that's not true. that's not true to what we believe and what we teach. So this one says but those who say there was a time when he was not so as though Jesus was, at some point not in existence, right, in the eternal realm of the theology, and he was not before he was made, and he was made out of nothing, or he is of another substance or essence, or the Son of God is created or changeable or alterable, they are condemned by the Holy Catholic and Apostolic Church. Right? So basically you say, well, that steps outside of what we mean when we say, I believe in Jesus Christ. (laughs) Yeah. And what does it mean to say we, what does it mean to say that? You know, as a Catholic. Yeah. So I don't know if that answers your question or gets anywhere.
0: Yeah. Well, and and, uh, I think it's like, I think it's so cool. I'm kind of like, I really like uh, history in general. Like, even growing up, I loved history, like the history classes, and I love kind of seeing where things like came from. And so uh, that's one of the things I've probably said this before on our podcast, but I love about our faith is how we can, like, something that we say every week at mass church like people was created 1700 years
1: ago yep like that that is so cool and with a lot of intentionality and a lot behind it i mean so there's a lot of like controversy and struggle behind this and it's so important because every word of the creed is very intentional because if you go off just a little bit then it doesn't hold water, as we might say. It's leaky barrel theology, or it, it, it's a slippery slope, as you might say. If you, if, you, if you err about one thing, for instance, jesus and this is a big thing, for instance, Jesus is created and he's not really divine, but he's like some kind of special creation still. Whoa, that slips away from how are we then redeemed, what does that mean for redemption, the sacrifice of the cross, everything. It just kind of sl- slides away. So that's why it's so important, and the church knows that and has known that. Like we need to come together and clarify this for people. This is what the church teaches, and it, it, especially in big theological things, you know. And the, probably the most famous that most people are kind of familiar with is what happened, you know, around the Reformation, you know, um, because you know Luther was fighting against some practices that were corrupt, but then he, theologically he started to what we would say is really slip into heresy because he, I mean, he changed the number of sacraments. You know, he changed the understanding of the sacraments and how we speak of them. And, like, it was it was like, well, if you say that, then this and this and this, and it just slides, and it doesn't hold water. Yeah. You know? So that's why, you know, as a church, we've always had a structure, and we believe, led by the Holy Spirit to to get to understand the theology based on the economy, the action of God, and, and saying, well, there's certain things we do know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and I, I think it's it's good,
0: too, to, like, kind of talk about this and how, especially when we were talking about the Trinity and how that came together, because we don't really think of that. And sometimes, it, like, especially when we get maybe lost in the mystery of it, uh, it, it's good to think, hey, you know, some people who are way smarter than I am really dove into this and tried to figure all this out. And this is what they gave us. So, you know, we are on kind of, you know, the, 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 the shoulders of the early church fathers a little right. bit, right? And so it, it, it that's a nice thing to fall back on sometimes when it's, you know, no matter what it is. But it's like, you know, I'm kind of maybe not even struggling with something. Maybe I just don't understand something. It's, it's, it's nice to be like, okay, but people who are smarter than I am have gone here. So it's like, so if, if we're, you know, stuck on something or confused about something, that's always a place to go back
1: to. And it's and it's part of being Catholic is the humility to submit to the authority of the Holy Spirit given to the church and through the church and the way that the church functions, right? So like we we sometimes want like our opinion or our understanding to be the the truth. And we have to look to something larger to teach us and to help us understand and we, we stand within a larger community, if you will, right? So that that And that has a ripple effect through—I mean, I, there's a ton of things we could talk about based on that, right? But it's this reality that I can't make up my own Catholicism. I can't make up my own Catholic faith because we believe it's universal. So it's always the question, wait a minute, it's not a matter of like what I believe, it's a matter of what we believe. And what we believe, I believe. But I can't—if if I say, well, no, it's this, but it's not in accord with everything that's been done and said— and taught and held for 2,000 years, if it doesn't align with everything, even as things have developed in our understanding and our even some of our practice of that has to still align with the core beliefs that were in even in those first centuries and particularly in the sacred scriptures. If it doesn't align with that and, and make sense with that, I, and I run off my own way, yeah, you can. that's why we have a thousand, hundred thousand different little churches because there's not a willingness to conform or... Conform isn't even the right word, but to, to submit it to the larger group or the larger reality or the the fullness of that that truth that it's it's guided by something more than just my understanding. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so whatever my understanding is, it's like well yeah, I have to bring that to the larger church, and that's part of the like how we believe discernment happens. Like I can't necessarily just get to discern on my own everything that I think is right or true or wrong yeah. or whatever or is of god or isn't of god it's like no it takes it takes a village kind of a thing yeah
0: yeah and 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 i think just kind of building on building off that a little bit is like it's good to have like it's good to have questions like those those guys that figured out the trinity or i mean at least came to like an understanding of what the church believes about the trinity you know they they probably asked some really difficult questions about the trinity and some of them probably weren't like oh yeah this makes total sense you know they 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 were also confused at times and they you know tried that, that's why they figured it out that's why they they worked together and well, they did and,
1: that so and I'll, I'll i would say this too because the beauty of the catholic faith is like the most brilliant intellectual academic minds are in have been enthralled with the, the teaching of the catholic church and what we understand in terms of god and his actions in the world right so i mean it, 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 it can be some of the most highest intellectual thinking and processing and learning and everything. I mean, it's just so profound in so many different ways, it's, and it's so complex yet. At the same time, right? The, so you have your—and I would say the greatest theologian on the earth today is Pope Benedict Sixteenth, right? I don't, not many people would disagree with that. Protestant, Catholic, Muslim, whatever. He is one of the most profound theological thinkers on the earth today and, and in the history of, of the church in many, many ways, I think. Um, so you have that level of, right? Here's the other beautiful thing about the mystery is it can be understood by a two-year-old.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The the mystery of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit and the love of God um, can be understood by, by and, and grasped and lived and experienced uh, in the most profound sense and even a, a an understanding of it that can be just as deep and meaningful and as profound as you know an intellectual who's able to like articulate it in all these different kinds of ways um, and understand like the full history and the development of the thought process and different things a, a little kid or anybody you know no no theological training can grasp the mystery is attainable to them, or the mystery is, you can enter the mystery of it. It's Yeah. It, it, I think that's one of the beautiful things of, and for me, it's like, if there's proofs, it's one of the proofs, too, is that Christ came for all, and this is really, when you look at Catholicism, it's, and what we believe and how we profess and all these things, it is, it is, it has penetrated every culture and touched hearts in every culture, every age, um, every time, um, every part of the earth. There's there's such a beauty to that. There's, there's not much else out there that, that does that, you know, um, in the way that it has. So. Yeah. so, yeah. And it's caused conversions. You know, you think of conversions, of the St. Paul-like conversions, the Mary Magdalene-like conversions, in such a, an amazing way. So the mystery of the Trinity and what we know and understand in terms of God's action... And who he is 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 profound and mysterious, yet it's so simple and beautiful and attainable or given in such a free gift and a yeah. gift of faith. So,
0: yeah, great. That's great, Father. Um, I I mean, I really enjoyed this, so I hope other people do. But I w- thought I was we'll good. We'll see. You know,
1: <laughs> could give Dan a call and comment or something <laughs> because
0: um, uh, bef- right before we um, let you guys go, if if at any point you're just like, okay, uh, what they said was interesting, I want to learn more, or I didn't understand a word they said, um, but I'd like to look look into it more, um, I would recommend going into the Catechism, so Catechism of the Catholic Church, um, and in part one, the profession of faith, it kind of it goes through the Trinity, it goes through, um, you know, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, all that kind of stuff. Um, the, the part that I have... Um, Uh, written down. It's 253. It starts to talk about about, uh, the dogma. So paragraph 253 talks about the dogma. And probably right around there I mean it kind of goes talks all about it. Um, So I would recommend that. And then also um, the sisters ordered um, a journal. It's called the Catholic Answers Journal. I'm sure some of you guys know about their stuff. They have you know their website's really big. Um, They just do a lot of really good um, work. And uh, this is their most recent journal. And it's Uh, a special issue about doctrine and they there's at least one article that i read is actually about how they talked about how they how the church develops uh doctrine and specifically around the trinity so um so both two good two good resources i'm sure this will be here in the library at some point once they get it yeah one of the things we're trying to
1: develop in the library at saint lawrence is that we would have regular catholic periodicals so they've started we've bought some subscriptions so we're, those will start coming in once we have a collection of them I think we'll start putting them out so people can come in and read them and um, I don't think they'll let them check them out but something that when you're at church you can come in and read some yep. of these theological things or make a copy or no, not make a copy you can't do that but read them make a mental copy <laughs> make a mental copy
0: <laughs> but um, but alright so the, there are some, some good resources for, for y'all and uh, but or else I think I, I think we are done yeah. So um, I think I'm late for noon updates again <laughs> Two weeks in a row
1: uh, That's alright <laughs>
0: <laughs> Alright well th- thank you all for joining us And we will talk to you next week
1: May God bless you and may Jesus Christ be praised